This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm Liz Palaika. I'm your host today with my good friends, Petra Burke and Kate Abbott. How do And we're going to be talking about a dog training subject today, and that's using or adding creativity to your dog training. And although that may sound kind of weird, you may think of creativity with uh, crafts or painting or gardening or something like that. Your dog training actually needs some creativity, too. Well, those are artistic endeavors, and so is dog training, if done right. It's a skill and an art. Okay. There we go. Right. The line that I was going after. <laughs> make it fun. Is make it fun. So many times when we're talking to our students, we teach sit because it's a foundation for everything else you're going to do. And then sit is always done the same way for the same reason, taught using the same technique, and pretty soon the dog's bored silly and you're bored silly, and nobody wants to do it anymore. Now we do in our basic classes, we in puppy classes, we do teach many of the exercises, including the sit, using a couple different techniques. When we teach a cub, we use several different techniques because each one teaches something different and it keeps things from getting boring. So if you can add some creativity, then you can relieve boredom, both for yourself and your dog, and you're both more likely to cooperate with it. So creativity, in its various forms, can relieve boredom. And Kate's generalization. The other thing with repetition is... Some dogs don't like repetition. Petra and I have had discussions about this because we had Australian Shepherds for many, many years. And the last six years or so, going on seven years, I've had two English Shepherds and she has two English Shepherds. Well, most of my Australian Shepherds, most of my Aussies were okay with repetition, although a couple of them gave me attitude about it. Bashir (laughs) did not like repetition. And he would step away from me and bark at me as if to say, I know this. I've got this. We don't have to repeat it. Bones is the same way. Bones doesn't bark at me, but he will give me the evil eye and he'll get slower and slower and slower. Like I think I kind of realized just the ESs in general, the English Shepherds. Yeah. It's like, okay, I've got it. I know I this. I got it. Can we do something different now? Or can we add a little flair to this? Or they create their own flair. Yeah, or they can. We'll talk about that in a minute, yep, too. Yep, yep. So repetition that is always the same can be counterproductive to your dog training. However, if you can add some creativity to it, some variances to it, then it becomes a different thing. And Kate's thinking. Go ahead. Well, and then the creativity involves the dog more in the process. Yes. yes. You're not just programming a robot. And should never think of them as a robot. Yeah. I mean, I think when we go, 
whether we do our traveling or just taking walks here and there, we, we all do it. We find the weirdest places to put our dogs in a stand-stay or a sit-stay or a lay-down or wherever. I mean, we've done that. How many dogs in the tree when we went up oh, to Oh, yes. Year? Yes. We had six, seven six dogs. In one tree. In a, very, in a big Tory pine tree. Yeah. So <laughs> there was our dog tree. Joe has a whole collection of photos of various dogs, and the, the folder is labeled Dogs and Trees. <laughs> they may not actually be in a tree, but that's the idea. Yeah, yeah a, a tree or a log or a stump or... Yeah. yeah. Pillar yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. I do every time, you know, if I get hay or straw, I just because I can. <laughs> I call my boys and they just like, almost like they know it. Yes, we get to go on here. We'll do our downstays or sit stays. So we're doing it happily because it's different and it's fun. A one camping trip up the San Bernardino National Forest up to Herky Creek. They were cutting down some trees that got infested by the bark beetles and were dying. And they cut down the trees to prevent the spread of the beetles. And near our camp spot, there was a stump that was at least five foot tall. They hadn't cut it short yet. And so I invited Bones and showed him that I would help him. And he took a running leap and I heaved and he got up. He's up on top of this five foot stump going, yo, look at me. (laughs) King of the world. (laughs) And so I took several pictures of him up there, you know, just doing things different. Creativity also can help your training process in the fact that you're going to be thinking about things differently too. How can you, can you use a different training technique? Now here at Kindred Spirits, we use primarily allure and reward. We also do some shaping, but I bring out the clicker for trick training because the clicker can help me get those immediate, that little bitty spot. So both of my boys know what the clicker means and knows, know how to react to it, even though I don't use it in the group classes because 20 clickers with 20 dogs is, is counterproductive. Yeah. But if you think about doing things using a different training technique, that adds a whole new perspective for your skills and for the dog. Makes it more interesting for the trainer, too. Yeah. Which is important. I, learning to play the piano drills were not a thrill. No. Oh, yeah. We got really, really good at them and could do them fast. It became kind of fun. Mm -hmm. But the sheer drudgery of drills. uh... Although they're trying to impart muscle memory. Right. And there's a benefit to that, too. But I think you can also add creativity to that kind of thing, also. At one point when I was in high school, I thought I liked the guy on the track team. So I thought I'd try out for the track team. And I could jump hurdles. As short as I am, I could jump hurdles. But again, they the track coach had you do it over and over and over. And I know it was to develop the muscle memory in how to jump hurdles because you miss a hurdle, you hurt yourself. And I've got a scar on one shin from having done that. So it's developing the muscle memory. But coach I had was really good. He'd set up weird relay races the hurdles weren't always on the track sometimes they're on the grass sometimes they're on the football field sometimes they were in a figure eight pattern he did all kinds of creative things so that we could develop the muscle memory but we would have fun doing it and i was never really successful at them but hey i got the guy on the track team anyway (laughs) oh ran him down you got the reward yeah i got the reward So different ways of doing things, look at different training techniques. One of the hardest things for a lot of people, though, I think, is being flexible. 
And that's especially important if you've got more than one dog. I've had that with Bones and Hero. Bones is extremely confident, bold, learns very, very quickly. And Hero is the polar opposite. He's very sensitive. He learns quickly, but he's very sensitive. And and if he shuts down, he quits working. If if his feelings get hurt, he closes that door and he goes, you don't love me anymore. And so I have to use two totally different techniques. Even though these guys are half-brothers, I have to use two totally different techniques with Bones and Hero. And there's been times when I've used Bones' technique and Hero just sinks to the ground going, and I mean, no physical correction, just verbal. And Hero sinks to the ground going, oh, I'm going to die. You don't love me. And then I have to wait a little while. Thankfully, he doesn't hold a grudge. He comes back. But then I slap myself on the wrist and, and go, I have to be aware that he needs a different technique. And that takes creativity. So you've got to be flexible. Doesn't happen a whole lot, but we get a significant number of, but I've always had golden retrievers and I can't train this one. Yes. Right. Yes. We we do get quite a, a few of those. Yeah. 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 Or bassets or whatever. Whatever. You insert your breed here. And then when I talk to those people, it's one, breeds change over the years. Mm-hmm. Every dog's an individual. What you remember, our brain shuts out a lot of things. Your brain may not remember that dog that did such and such and such and such during adolescence. And you just remember him as a well-trained adult dog who was wonderful. And then, you know, things change. They're different. Got to be flexible. Got to be creative. The other thing is letting your dog be creative. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us didn't so have we... any choice. <laughs> no. Well, you know, when, what's fun is we teach all, our dogs all sorts of stuff. And trick class is a blast. It's amazing what they like to pick up and learn and keep going. And teach each other. Yes. Yeah. So I think sneezing is probably the one number one trick that majority of our dogs do very well. But and, it is interesting how your our the boys, our right. brothers, your young one and my young one, had learned from their older brothers. And Bones had learned from Bashir. Right. I didn't make it a point to teach Bones to sneeze. I haven't done anything to teach Hero to sneeze. But Bones learned it from Bashir, and Hero is learning it from Bones. Yeah. What happened with the sneezing is Pedro and I were doing an obedience demonstration for Petco. Mm -hmm. And they had us set out in the parking lot, and there was time between the demos where we were just sitting out there twiddling our thumbs. And you had Shasta, and I had Baby Bashir. Or was it Riker? Riker. Had Riker. Riker. And so while we're sitting out there in the parking lot, one of the dogs sneezed. I don't remember which one Very it was. Because remember, I taught her when I was pregnant. Oh, okay. <laughs> she was really good at her sneezing. And then we're sitting out there, and so I started doing it with Riker. Riker learned to sneeze. Mm-hmm. And then we'd do it in trick class. And we would just do it if we had a few moments here or there. And in front of class, it always made people laugh. Yeah. So we started using it more in class to lighten a moment or and then the dogs started doing it on their own. And if I was teaching, for example, and we had three trainers up front waiting to do demos with their dogs, and the dog is going, ah, crap, Liz is still talking. 
I'm bored. Achoo! Achoo! And they'd get rewarded. People would laugh. That's a reward. The trainer would give the dog a treat. Yeah, good sneeze. And it just snowballed from there. So now we have to tell all of our classes, group classes, if the dog sneezes, if the demo dog sneezes, he does not have a respiratory infection. He's saying the trainer up front has talked too much and he's bored. bored. But that's creativity. And we never correct it. No. It's, It's not something that needs to be corrected. And I always praise it when my guys do it because, one, they're interacting with me. They're thinking, they're doing something, and it's fun. So, yeah, they can sneeze. (laughs) And, of course, as generations went on, they all learned from each other. Learned from each other. Whoa, look, Bashir's doing it, and he got a cookie. Now, what did he do? How can I do that? And Bones started doing little bitty, and then he went, oh, put you. Now Bones is evolving. And he's starting to give me little woo-woos. <laughs> if he barks, he doesn't get rewarded or laughter for a bark. But if he gives me a woo-woo, then I reward it. Okay, good woo-woo. And Hero is starting to offer me a shake. Oh, That's okay. just in the last, since the holidays, since we come back from the holidays. He, if I ask, sneeze. Or if he's bored, he'll give me a right foot. Oh, good shake. Then he'll give me a left foot. Oh, good other paw. Then he'll give me a right foot. Good shake. And then a left. Good other paw. So he's uh, he's evolving his creativity to see what kind of response he's getting. And that's what's so much fun is just watching them come up with their own little activity. Yours, Tango with the lay down oh. in front of class. <laughs> so we teach, like Liz mentioned earlier, we teach the, the with the treat. How to lure the dog into it down with a treat or the shaping. Well, it's now, now to a point where Tango, we sit, and the second I put my arm over and I just touch his front leg so I can scoop out and down, he's already like falling down like he's like jello. And then he falls down and he does this rolling on his head, butt up, and on, your, his on top of your feet. On my feet. This is dramatic. <laughs> and of course, it makes the students laugh. <laughs> And I'm always, since I'm doing the talking oh while she's God. doing the demo, I'm always, I'm watching and waiting for it. And I'm going, and that's fine. He doesn't have to go down on his elbows and hips. He nope. can roll. That's fine. As long as he's still. He had his flair. <laughs> <laughs> amazing performing. Boneless. Yeah. <laughs> like you just touch his front legs and they just plop mm-hmm. into like jello and he just does this weird <laughs> thing. He's on it and he's down. And he's down and he's and still. He's, yeah, and he's that's, down and he's not moving. Our, our, since we're not teaching competition, we're teaching family pets. I have no problem whatsoever with the dog laying down and being cute. Yeah. As long as he's not thrashing and he's yeah. not crawling and he's laying down to be still. That's absolutely fine. And our students laugh and they see that you can have fun with the training. Exactly. It's fine if the dog adds some creativity on his part. It's fine. Let's take a break to talk about our sponsor for our podcast, which is Pets Are Kids 2, T-O-O. They make a line of natural healthcare products. In our past podcast, we've talked about their ear cleaner and their dental preventative, dental health preventative. And we really like those products. We've tried them. All three of us have tried them. Today, I'd like to talk about their 
premium pet calming bites. So I think Petra has used it on both of her English shepherds. Yeah, I have. Usually in the past, well, with this weather we've been getting, we've had quite a few thunderstorms. And they weren't really bad ones, but, you know, when I know they're coming, we get an alert. I actually gave my boys, in my case for their size, two of these little calming bites. They're, uh, what are they, peanut butter and bacon flavored. So they actually don't smell bad whatsoever. And they worked well. They're not, they don't kick in as quickly as you would do if you gave a Benadryl. But I would say 30 to 45 minutes after I've given them, they were relaxed. Which is great. That's Which all you need. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. They were in. I liked them. I mean, if I had a choice to give this or a Benadryl, I definitely would. would use I could that. see this if your dogs say you've got a young dog who's nervous in the car. Yeah. Or nervous about going to the veterinarian's office. Exactly. Because this has what's interesting. Uh, the ingredients in here has a uh, chamomile, uh, passion flower, tryptophan, valerian root, and ginger. Um, and then peanut butter and bacon. <laughs> I do believe they also said that there were no chemical additives in there, correct? No, correct. Yeah. No, that was that was all that's in there. Yeah. And and they do promote us being uh, helping with the separation anxiety, car rides, which is good because a lot of our uh, students, young dogs, get car sick. Yeah. So this is a good one to tell them about. Um, nervousness, hyperactivity. When, like, thunderstorms come around. Sure. So I was actually very pleased with it. Oh, cool. It's the kind of thing that if you are pretty sure or even have a suspicion that your puppy dog is going to get worried about something, go ahead and give them the calming bit. I mean, it's not going to be harmful. No, not at all. And try to head off any anxiety or reaction yeah. to well, the just, car you know, ride. Yeah, and then, which in this case, the one I was hoping with the thunderstorms, I knew they were coming, so I had given them early enough, and when it came through, they were just like, oh, all right. It wasn't, they weren't freaked out or anything, as if I did not give it to them. So I did see a nice... That's good. That's cool. We particularly like this company, not just because their products are natural, or natural ingredients, which we do like, and all three of us lean towards those types of products, but... Pets Are Kids 2 also donates a portion of the proceeds from every product purchased to helping pets with cancer. Their goal is that this year, 2019, their goal is to help save 100 pets that have been diagnosed with cancer. And 100 pets may not seem like a lot, but to the owners of those pets and to those individual pets, that's a huge thing. That's the interesting twist, if we will. Um, I mean, it's worthwhile and good to fund research. Sure. And do those sort of things. But what they are doing is individual families. Right. With dogs that have been diagnosed with cancer. And the money's going those, directly to... Right them. Yeah. yeah. Right where it's needed at that moment. Right. And cancer right. treatments are not cheap. Oh, Lord. Oh, you, know. you went through it with one of your Rottweilers. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a tough time and you have financial worries on the top of it is not good. So it's really nice that they're doing immediate care with families. It means a lot to these. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot. And we've all lost dogs to cancer. I've lost yeah. two dogs to cancer. I've uh, lost a few. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we've all faced that. So having a company make that their specific goal is absolutely awesome. Also, if you buy a product from Pets Are Kids 2, you'll see on the label, on the back, a square or rectangle that says, 
email them a picture of your pet with the product that you bought, and then they will reply with a picture of the specific pet that's being helped by your purchase. And, you know, that's kind of cool. Yeah. It really makes it. Yeah, yeah, it makes a personal touch. It's kind of cool. So if you're interested in taking a look at these calming bites or if you want to see more about them, you can go to PetsRKids2TOO.com. And if you decide to purchase something in the code square, put in the code PET15 for 15% off your order. So take a look at these premium pet calming bites, especially or bits, especially if your dog does have some anxiety in certain situations. All right, that's it. Sit, stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. DGP is an all-natural formula proven to help aging pets with joint and mobility problems. It goes to work quickly, providing vital nutrients to the joints while reversing the effects of age. Some people see results in as little as seven days. Don't let your dog struggle another day. Call 800-521-0543 or visit dgpforpets.com and enter the code DOGGY, that's D-O-G-G-Y, for 25% off your first order and free shipping. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. All right, back to our show. So, in allowing some creativity and talking about creativity, when I've got a young dog like Hero, I rarely ever set up a training session. I think I haven't set up a training session in 20 10, years. 12, yeah. Years, forever. Ever. Yeah. I just see and training that's, is part of life. It's, and that's one of the things we hear. Usually yeah. first week of class, when I'm doing the first week lecture, people ask me, well, how often should I set up a training session? How long should a training session be? I don't set up a training session. If I'm teaching something new, when I'm with the dog, I may grab a handful of treats and work on that something new for a minute. Mm-hmm especially with the English Shepherds, a minute. And then a little bit later, I'll do another minute. But most of the time, especially with basic obedience, I'm incorporating it into their world. Right. We sit and wait at the door. We don't dash out the door. You will not take me out at the knees. You'll sit and wait when I open the car door, and then I'll give you permission to jump in. In the car, I'll open the door, you wait. I hook up your leashes, and okay, then you come out. Incorporate the training into life. But certainly a 15 or 20 or half hour training session is going to be counterproductive. You're not going to be happy with it. Your dog's not going to be happy with it. So be creative about where and how you teach, but don't focus so much on a training session. 
I mean, we always have treats in our pocket. I know when I go home, I'm always having treats in my pockets, jacket, wherever. And you're like, oh, wait, I got four treats here. Okay, Tango, Poncho, let's do something. Mm -hmm. Boom, here we go. Two treats, that was it. Move on. I might find something later. It's just like so random. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, what I've realized, because it is so random, they're always kind of paying attention to me. They might be running around the property and doing all the things, but it's like, where's mom? What's she going to do? And I might call them to come. And they come and they sit and they down and they do whatever. And then it's like, okay, go play. And then, But they're always like, what's she going to do? So I have their attention. And they're less apt to get in trouble. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Another thing with creativity is train in different places. <laughs> Don't always train in the kitchen. Go out in the backyard. Go out in the front yard. Train in your car. Yeah. I want car manners. My dogs are not allowed to be horridly behaved in the car. So when it's parked in the garage, parked out front, parked in the shopping center of the grocery store, do some training in the car. Not while you're driving, of course. But do push-ups. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Or lie down and stay. And then train in different places. My favorite place to walk locally is the dogs and I go down to Oceanside Harbor because, boy, we can see all kinds of stuff down there, including sea lions that stink and bark. And I love the pelicans. <laughs> the pelicans, the seagulls, squirrels. <laughs> so you can train in different places. And then try different things. And we incorporate some of these into our basic classes, some into our intermediate and advanced classes. So when we do, like if you're just taking your dog for a walk, like you mentioned the harbor, that's always such a good place. Or even when we go on our camping trips and go hiking, have the dog on a leash and just maybe do a fast heel and then a slow and then a zigzag or go around a tree or all of a sudden you're turning around and going the other direction. Just randomly throw things in there. And it's, it's still, it's fun. With our guys, we see them all of a sudden, they're like, hey, we're doing a game. This is awesome. And then I just mentioned earlier about staying in weird places. Sit, stay on like your tree stump. Uh-huh. Hay bales, straw bale, on rocks. I have big boulders in my in my yard. And that's probably the best thing. I could just point to a boulder and go, huh. Both boys go up there and they sit. They're like, hey, 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 I'm up here, king of the world. Oh, you're camping up at Big Sur. Up on top of a fallen redwood tree log and walk the length of the log. Or on the stump. One of the stumps at our campground, we had four or five or six dogs on top of the stump, which they just do. It's like, yeah, okay, mom wants me on this dead tree. <laughs> right. They never question it. They're like, okay, you put us in weird places all the time. We'll go ahead and do it. I've noticed we have a monthly group walk around downtown, our town, with our students. Sometimes if a dog is paying too much attention to what's going on around them, and then, because we're just walking down the sidewalk. Right. Okay, everybody, when you come up to that, street lamp do a figure eight around it and the trash can and come mm -hmm. and all of a sudden the dogs go what oh wait what we're doing something different yeah snaps them back up yep 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 or have them walk up on the the uh, little retaining walls the retaining walls as we move <laughs> along mm -hmm. my guys oceanside harbor the, there's a retaining wall on the beach side of the harbor and when we're about 50 yards from it my guys eyes light up <laughs> there it is there it is there it is and the length of the retaining wall is at least a football field. And they walk the retaining wall, the whole length of it. And there's so much joy in it. That's my wall. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when somebody's sitting on the wall, they walk up to them and just look at them. <laughs> and and the wall. people invariably get up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then the dogs go past the people sit back down again. And I'm kind of like, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> 
Other things, you're talking about the variations in heel. We teach our students the dogs don't always have to heal. They can walk on a loose leash as long as they don't pull. And when they're on a loose leash, they can be in front, which is where my boys usually walk is in front of me, side by side, shoulder to shoulder. And as long as they don't pull, that's absolutely fine. Or they can be on the left or the right. We call it loose leash walking. Well, again, down at the harbor, we are talking Southern California now, lots of palm trees. So for those of you in other areas, you can use other trees. Pine but there's... Pa- <laughs> Oak trees. <laughs> there's... Side poles. <laughs> Streetlights. There are palm trees set in the sidewalk along the beach side of Oceanside Harbor. So as we walk up to the palm tree, I will tell the dogs left or right, and they go around the palm tree that direction. So we walk up to a tree. I'll tell Bones, who knows this well, Hero's still learning it. I'll tell him Bones left, and he'll go around the palm tree to the left. And then I may do two palm trees to the left, then one to the right, and then a left, and then two rights. So it's not in a pattern. He has to actually listen to me. And he is my fourth or fifth dog, I think, that I've taught this. Hero's the sixth. And like I say, Hero right now is still following Bones, but I see him cocking his head back listening. So he's learning it. But the reactions from people when we're walking down the street, I'll tell Bones left. And if somebody's walking towards us, or one time somebody was walking behind us, and I heard them go, what direction is she going to have him go? Oh, left. Look at him. He knows his left. (laughs) And people are so amazed. And as you are walking right towards the middle of the palm tree, Uh you can see Bones' ears start to swivel back. Uh Uh-huh. He's waiting for it. Uh I'm almost there. What's she going to... Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's great. And I have to admit, I it's not that I want to screw with his mind or anything, but I like waiting till we get almost there because I don't want him to choose. Not this. This game, I get to choose. And... We'll walk, 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 walk. And if he starts going to the left a little bit, uh-uh. And he comes back on center, <laughs> which is why I mix it up a lot so that it's not a, a pattern. But you'd be amazed at how well they can learn that. Now, he he doesn't know left as, as meaning everything on this side of his body is left. He just knows when we go up to a tree, when I make that particular sound, it means go this particular direction. Now, with his carding training, pulling a cart, he's also learning left with that. And we talked about generalization in another podcast. And I see him picking up the generalization from left or right to the palm tree and left or right with his carding. Because the goal with the carding is that I can walk behind him, like we're doing when we walk to the palm tree, and not by his side. He's not quite there yet, but I don't practice the carding that often especially in the rainy season like it is right now but he was starting to get a generalization with that and other creativity well Petra you started talking about trick training we do and Kate's our trick training instructor we do lots of trick training I think we all do with our guys yeah I mean the sneezing and going picking up items. I have been doing organizing and purging and cleaning and, and I just keep coming across my boxes of stuff. <laughs> we know about your boxes know, of stuff. <laughs> three or four for tricks. Uh-huh. Well, props are fun with tricks. Props oh, yeah. are fun and it can help teach 
that generalization that yeah. um, I want you to pick this thing up. Now I want you to pick up anything I point at. So you need to have a variety of things that you can point at. And then you can get picky about it. I'm going to name them. Then you have to pick uh-huh. up the name. So it, it's a great way to build the relationship and them paying attention and making it fun for all of you. What? Fun. Fun. <laughs> fun. <laughs> oh, fun. When we teach in trick training, when we teach the dog to go to a mark, mm-hmm. go to a spot. I do it a lot with the cigar box right. or the little one step step stool. Well, I'm doing some work in the house. And I had the little one-step step stool out. And I didn't realize what he was doing initially, dog being smarter than me. Actually, both the dogs. But I realized that the step stool was set in the living room near the kitchen where I was using it. And every time I would go to walk past it, both the dogs would run to the step stool and put their front feet on it. <laughs> both of them, together. <laughs> and I would laugh at them and keep on walking. And then it was the third or the fourth time they did it, I went... Oh, that's what I like, stupid human. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely stupid human. Oh my God, do you not see us here? Yeah. And then I praised, rewarded, yes, look at you, you're both so awesome. And it was like, ha 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 ha, mom finally saw us. Come, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. But trick training, it can be as easy as shake or spin or more elaborate. I mean, go to your mark is easy. Touch, touch your hand, touch a fly swatter. Touch is very easy. And you can incorporate it into your obedience training. Do some sits, do some sit-ups, do a lay down, do a roll over, do a touch, all kinds of things. But our mental attitude towards tricks is generally different than basic obedience. People tend to think of basic obedience as thou shalt do this. Right. And trick training is, ha, that's fun. But you know what? All the training should be fun. Should be. Yes, Mm -hmm. should be fun. And yes, there's some things I'm a little stricter about. I want my dogs, when I ask them to stay, I want the hold to stay. But that doesn't mean stay has to be stay. It just means, no, you shall stay. Thank you. Kate has her Jack Russell quill on her lap. And when I went, stay, he kind of went, oh, he was about to fall asleep, and then his head came up, and he went, what? What? <laughs> Distractions. Yeah. That's always a good one. Yeah, that's what life is. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> Kate's our queen of distractions. So we're probably into, what, like four, five, week five or so in uh, classes. All of a sudden, here comes Kate with her little harmonica or her little quacker thingy, majiggy. My favorite is the wildly noisy wooden thing. That's its actual name. Oh, okay. Of that. Wouldn't think. Yeah. You can make bird noises and sirens and all sorts of stuff. She's been known to come out with a mask. Uh Uh-huh. Square dance. Square dance. Skirt. Skirt. Is that what that is? With petticoats. (laughs) Uh, When I did square dancing, it didn't look like that. But okay, I'll believe you. (laughs) Just anything. Oh, and I've got that wonderful Halloween costume. And I'll do the kitty, 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 kitty. Or meow. Or... Are you hungry? Want to go for a walk? Cookies? Heck, if I just walk around tossing a tennis ball up and down. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. enough to make half the dogs go, what? Yeah. And then when they get into more of other classes, like the intermediate class, then we start upping that and we'll have them go through uh, an aisle of uh, treats and goodies and anything we can distract them. And they have to run right down the aisle. And it's amazing 
We work up to that. We don't just suddenly do that. We work up to it. And it's amazing how many dogs will run through that entire aisle without touching a hot dog or a stuffed toy other than many goldens. Laughs. <laughs> and laughs. Yeah. Yeah, like, okay, here's how, a laugh. The, Be ready. <laughs> how many hot dogs can he swallow at one time? <laughs> oh, my God. But what's so interesting, we teach you know, this with all sorts of weird distractions so that when we do go on our um, monthly walks that Kate mentioned about earlier, <laughs> Kate can actually have her little uh, stun oh, no, zapper no, no. flashlight go off in her pocket. And our oh. students were like, oh, Kate's doing another noise. And they had the dog sit and watch me. Meanwhile, she's trying to stun her butt. <laughs> Stunning herself. It was kind of a variation on the boy that cried wolf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's going off and I can't reach it. She's getting ready to drop her drawers on Main Street Vista. Sparks coming out of my back pocket. And meanwhile, I'm holding Bones because Bones thought Kate was justifiably being attacked, but he was trying to leap at her butt. And he was the only one that could reach over and grab it out of her pocket. And I'm at the very end with our students. They're between you and me. And I'm looking at all of them and they're like, oh, sit, quick, sit, watch me. is fair to your dog if he's been trained up to that point so he's able to understand and work with that creativity if it's safe if it's humane then hey go for it yeah try some different things have some fun with your training when your dog starts offering new behaviors that they thought of oh go with it oh yeah go with it think about our dog sneezing and in front of the class when we're doing demos you know, we could very easily have said, no, don't do that. That's not what we're doing now. Instead, we let the dogs go for it and we just explain to the class, okay, this is what's going on. But let the dogs have fun with it. When they're offering back, then it becomes more of a dialogue communication, not just a, exactly. an ordering somebody else around. Right. Where I'm getting the bonuses, still sneezes, but he's offering the woo-woos. And as soon as I saw him do that, it I laughed. It was fun. It's, I knew exactly what he's doing. He's upping it a little bit. He's going, okay, sneezes aren't enough now. Let's see. How about if we do that? And then Hero offering the shake and the other paw at the same time. In fact, a recent class just a week or so ago, I had you were teaching, Petra, and I had both my boys out with me doing a demo. And you were explaining the sneezes, and Bones was sneezing and woo-wooing, and Hero was sneezing and offering me paws. <laughs> And so I'm just going for it right there in front of class. Okay, good shake. Yeah, good other paw. Good woo-woo. <laughs> but it was great. It, they were thinking. They were having fun. They were liking, enjoying working in front of the class. They were enjoying their job. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Yep. All right. So on that note, we'll leave you. 
think about it, add some different stuff, drop us an email if you want. Let us know what you're doing with your dog, some different things, how you're adding creativity. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. And on that note, we're gone. Bye-bye. Take care. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>